Welcome to the Urban Church Podcast. If you would like more information about Urban, please visit our website at lifeaturban.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the message. John chapter 14, then to Genesis, then to Psalms, then to Romans, and then we'll have fun tonight. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, But the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said unto you. But the Comforter, who is it? The Holy Spirit. Okay? Uh, when the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said unto you. Now, turn your Bibles over to Genesis chapter 1. Very first book of the Bible, very first chapter. I'm going to start in verse 1. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. There was darkness over the face of the deep, but we see that right there was the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in the middle of that process. Psalm 30 latter part of verse 5 says this, But weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, might last all night, but guess what? Joy is coming in the morning. Now back to the New Testament, Romans 14, verse 17. Romans fourteen seventeen says this, For the kingdom of God... It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Comforter, in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would speak to every single one of us in this place. That, Lord, as we conclude, Lord, this study of the Comforter, that we would understand who you are and what you're doing in our life. And how you cover the darkest moments, the darkest seasons that we're walking through. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Four weeks ago, we started the series, The Comforter. And in that first series, we discovered that the Comforter is the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16, Jesus makes reference to the one that's going to come after him. And he says, I'm going to send you another Comforter or the Comforter that's going to come. And if you look at it, it's a capital C. It's not just talking about comfort is coming. He's talking about someone is coming, and that someone is the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Okay? We see this. We see that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. You have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the third person of the Godhead active throughout the whole entire Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, he's active. He's overseeing. He's doing. In Genesis chapter 1, we saw tonight that he's right there hovering over creation. A couple weeks ago, we read out of Revelation, the very last chapter in the very last book, that the very one that is watching over the wedding ceremony of the church and Jesus is the Holy Spirit. He's involved in every area of our life if we allow him to be. He was, he was, he was a part of the plan of salvation. God, God, he's the one that planned this whole 
process of redemption and Jesus gave himself up freely to die on the cross for our salvation and now it's the Holy Spirit working right now in us and in society to produce the results of salvation. Talking about the Comforter. Um, we've been talking about how the Comforter covers us in different seasons that we're in, in different times that we're in. Two weeks ago, we talked about, three, two or three weeks ago, we talked about how he covers us in our time of fear. Okay? And we've been, we've been, using, a, uh, we've been using a comforter as our, as our analogy or as a, as a little uh, prop here. And we talked how, how the Holy Spirit covers us in our time of fear. And in talking about that, we talked about natural times of fear. And when you're laying in bed at night and something happens, what's the first thing you do? You grab the comforter and pull it up. I know there's some, probably some brave people out there that, that do it differently. You know, you throw it off with your Superman underoos and you go over and you throw on, the, throw on the light, you know, whatever, okay? Me, I throw the comforter up on my head anytime I hear a noise and I just nudge my wife and say, baby, go check it out. Find out what's going on, okay? Last night at about 1.30, our dog started barking and, uh, and it's a small dog, so he's got one of those yappy little voices. And, uh, and I'm like, why in the world is the dog barking, you know? And so I was like, babe, can you go out and investigate and find out what's going on? And I just pulled the comforter up, okay? Well, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, does the same thing in our life. He will cover you and cover your fear so that you walk by faith, not by sight. Because it's what you see that causes fear inside of you. Are you with me tonight? Okay, but if He comes and He covers us up, man, we we can't do nothing but walk by faith. Last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit covers our insecurities. Okay? We talked about that, and we talked about Linus from the cartoon uh, Peanuts. And how Linus is always walking around with that little... Security blanket in his hand, sucking on his thumb, right? And if you take that thing away from him, he freaks out, okay? Well, that's the Holy Spirit, man. He's with you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. Man, he'll never leave you. He'll never... Are you with me tonight? Okay. Well, tonight I want to talk to you about pain. The Holy Spirit covers our pain. Let me give you uh, the definition once again of the comforter. The actual word is paraclete, and it means this. It means summoned, called to one's side, especially called to one's aid. Now, I don't know about you, but the only time you need aid is when you're in a time of need, okay? Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is with you all the time, and He's there in your time of need. One who pleads another's cause before a judge, a pleader, counsel for defense, legal assistant, an advocate, one who pleads another's cause with one, an intercessor. Now look at this. In the widest sense, a helper, an aider, and an assistant. Man, he, he covers you in your time of, of fear. He covers you in your time of insecurity. Now listen to me tonight. He also covers you in your time of pain. Okay? He covers you in your time of pain. Now, I don't know about you. I like to watch, does anybody like to watch romantic comedies? Okay? Go ahead, guys. Admit it. All right? You know you're a sucker for them. Okay? I actually like to watch romantic comedies, and I try to blame it on the fact that, you know, my wife and my two daughters, but I was watching them long before I had a wife and two daughters. It's just, I just like romantic comedies, okay? It's my sensitive side. And it's funny, you watch some of these romantic comedies, and what happens when the girl breaks up with somebody, or they break up with her? Where do you see her? You see her on the couch in her PJs with her little blankie, eating a gallon of ice cream. Are you with me? Okay? All right? There's something so cozy about a comforter and a gallon of ice cream, I guess. Especially if it's Chunky Monkey. Praise Jesus. All right? Yeah, I love Chunky Monkey. It's so good. Anyway, I think God likes it too. So. 
No, when you're sick, you think about when you're sick, what, what do you like to do? You, you either get on the couch and you grab your blanket, are you with me? And you put it over you and then you pick up the phone and call mom, okay? All right, it doesn't matter how old you are, you still call mom. Or you lie in bed and you put the comforter, it doesn't matter, you could be sweating, but it's still something about having that comforter over you when you're in those moments, those moments of pain, okay? Think about a natural wound, okay? Think about a natural wound. My daughter, Faith, is the master of hurting herself, Okay? She has a low pain tolerance like me, and I'm proud of my low pain tolerance, all right? I've got to be honest with you. I never understood growing up people that would brag about having a high pain tolerance. I think that's weird. Does anybody else think that's weird, or is that just me? Like, dude, did you see that, man? Like, dude, just punched me. It didn't even hurt. And I'm like, so what? Your tooth is out. I mean, come on. Who cares if it hurt or not? You look ugly, all right? <laughs> I, mean, I just don't get, the whole, I don't get the whole high pain tolerance thing. People made fun of me all my life going, like, you have such a low pain tolerance. It doesn't matter. It hurt, okay? All right, are you with me? I mean, now, now, now sociologists, psychologists would say this, that pain, pain is a good thing, okay? But no matter, because, you know, if, if you experience pain, then you know if you're hurt, right? Unless you're a guy with a high pain tolerance, you know, and it's like, dude, look, my leg got chopped off. It doesn't even hurt, you know, check me out, you know, and I'm over there screaming like a baby, and I'm not even the one that's hurt, you know, like, ah, your leg got chopped off. Anyway, I can't handle pain, okay? They say that pain is a good thing, but no matter how good pain is, none of us like it, okay? Now, obviously, none of us like the the natural pain, okay? We, We get that. But you know what almost hurts worse than natural pain, or not even almost, really does, is that deep emotional pain that happens. So although we might be talking tonight and drawing analogies to maybe a nat- natural pain or something that happens on the outside, I want you to know something. I'm, not talk- I'm talking about something that's happening on the inside of you. Are you with me tonight? My daughter, Faith, though, she inherited that low pain tolerance from me. And, uh, man, she needs a Band-Aid for everything. And if you've ever watched my daughter, you know that you've got to come with a box of Band-Aids, all right? Because she's going to need at least five that night, Okay. I mean, she stubs her toe, no blood, no scratch, but she needs a Band-Aid, okay? Uh, and so the other day, it was so funny um, because she, she hurt herself. and She's like, Daddy, I need a Band-Aid. And I'm like, baby, we don't have any Band-Aids. We're all out. You used them all yesterday, okay? We have no Band-Aids. I'm like, Daddy, but I really need one. I'm like, why? Well, look right here. And I'm like, what? You know, it's like, what? You know, and there's nothing there, right? But she needs a Band-Aid. And I was like, baby, there are none, okay? Well, she disappears for like, for like 10 minutes, and uh, it was actually on her leg. It was right here. And she disappears for like 10 minutes. And all of a sudden she comes out and she's like limping. And I'm like, what in the world? And I look and somehow she found this massive band-aid. I mean, the thing was like that big. And it was just like, boom, just caked over the top of her whole entire lower leg. I mean, it was awesome. And she just comes out and she's got this big smile on her face. And so cute. Anyway. Now I can't help but laugh because it's like, I, you know, that's not a band-aid. That is like for war wounds, child. <laughs> What are you doing, you know? And, and she just comes limping out with this big thing, and she's just beaming, you know? And, and why? Because her owie is covered, okay? But you know what? My, my, my four-year-old knows something that a lot of us don't understand. My four-year-old understands this, that when there is something wrong, when there is deep pain, when there's something hurting, I don't know how it works, but if I cover it, somehow it gets better. She doesn't see what's going on underneath. She doesn't know what's happening underneath. All she knows is that when that band-aid comes off, the owie's gone. Are you with me tonight? I want to talk to you tonight about the comforter and how he covers us in our time of pain. Okay? Ladies, you don't need another gallon of ice cream. Okay? What you need is you need the Holy Spirit. You need the comforter. 
Let me tell you something. Just like that band-aid on my daughter's leg, the Holy Spirit comes and covers you in your time of pain. Comes and covers you in that, that time when, man, it's, it's, it's deep and it hurts and you can't explain it to anybody. Are you with me tonight? And He comes and He covers you. And I don't know how He does it. I don't know what's going on underneath. All I know is that when I look again, the pain is gone. Holy Spirit covers you in your time of pain. And man, he, I, I don't know once again how He does it, but listen to me tonight. I, you need to understand something. Like my daughter, you might not be able to see under there. But the next time light hits that thing, wow, it's gone. I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The comforter, honestly, he's the best help. He's the best aid. In the widest sense, he's a helper, an aider, and an assistant. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, Although weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. Although weeping may happen in the dark season, are you with me tonight? Joy comes in the morning. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 lets us honestly into the heart of God. More so than, than I've ever seen before as I've been studying this week. And can I just tell you something, man? The Bible is not a hard thing to understand. It's, it's really honestly not. The Bible is not something that, that, man, that God put in such a complex way that you need to go and study for years in order to understand it, okay? The Bible is written in such a way that anybody, anytime can pick it up. Are you with me tonight? And get blessed by it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Now listen to this. And darkness was over the face of the deep. Darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Can I talk to you just for the next few moments about that dark season? That season where you feel so much pain. You don't feel like you can explain it to anybody. No one can understand what you're going through. But in that moment... I want you to know something tonight, that the Holy Spirit is hovering over it. Right in the beginning, Genesis, there's darkness, man. It's, it's, it's dark, it's void of substance, there's nothing there. And before God speaks, let there be light, we see the Comforter working in that situation. We see the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, covering over that circumstance. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, that God is the one that changes our seasons. That God is the one that works the seasons for change. Now listen to me tonight, because you've got to understand the way God changes the time. God changes the time different than the way you and I see it. See, my daughter would rip off that bandage, and the minute the light comes in, she would say, Oh, look, it's better. But can I tell you something? That healing process took place the minute it got covered. When she couldn't see what was happening, she didn't know what was happening. All she knows is the minute light hit it, wow, it's, it's better. I, 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 it feels better. Look, the owie's gone. The same thing happens in our life. That in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our darkest moment, in the middle of that season where it feels like, man, what's going on? God is working in your life. The Holy Spirit is literally watching over you and He's working your season for change. Are you with me tonight? 
I feel this so strong. I feel like someone's season is going to change even tonight as you begin to understand this. I feel it so strongly that, that maybe you're here tonight and you've been going through some pain. Whether it's, whether it's, whether it's with a relationship, whether, whether it's something I just went through three months ago with losing my father. But man, God is working in that season. I don't know why God works the way he works. But he works in our dark season. Think about it. Think throughout the whole entire Bible. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Okay? Daniel got thrown into a den of lions in the nighttime. Dark. Lions. Scary place. You talk about fear. You talk about insecurity. You talk about feeling betrayed. He's in this dark season. But the Bible says when morning came, the king ran down to the den where Daniel was thrown. And he calls down. He said, Daniel, are you still there? And when Daniel answers, what does the king begin to do? The king begins to worship the God of Daniel and then makes a decree that day that the God that would be worshipped is the God that Daniel serves. What was happening in that dark season, in that dark time? What was happening? God was working the season for change. Think about David and the life of David. If you track the life of David, you see where the greatest transformation and change took place in David's life was in a cave in a place called Adullam. In a cave, in a concealed place, in a confined place. He had already been anointed to be king. But it wasn't until he went through that dark cave that he understood his anointing. Think about Joseph. Joseph, the the chosen one. Are you with me? The favored one. And you follow his life and the seasons of his life. And where did the transformation take place? It took place in a pit that his brothers threw him into. A dark place. A place of confinement. A place of concealment. Where did, where did this change take place? It took place in a, in a prison. And it was when he came out of these dark places that then he steps into the promise that God has for him. You, you, still, you still don't believe me. Think about the New Testament. Think about Jesus. The greatest change in all history. The greatest change that you and I would ever know. And the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? The sky turned what was happening a new day was starting i don't know why but you could call it a midnight season if you want what what's midnight midnight why do they call it midnight because it's the darkest point of the day midnight is the darkest point of the day but if you understand the clock you understand not only is midnight the darkest time of the day but midnight is the beginning of a new day When that clock hits 12, midnight, a new day starts. And when the new day starts, listen to me. See, too many of us, we, we, we don't believe change has taken place or is taking place until we see it. We don't believe that any transformation has taken place until we, we tangibly realize it. But what we have to understand is that in the middle of your midnight season, in the middle of darkness, in the middle of that pain, God has already started the change process inside of you. A new day doesn't start when the sun comes up. A new day starts at midnight when the sun is down. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 1, verse 5. God called the light day, 
And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. The day did not start with the morning. The day did not start with the light. The day started in the evening. The day started in the darkest. Are you with me tonight? I want you, I want you to grasp this principle. I want you to understand this tonight. Because honestly, if we don't understand this a lot of times we can miss it. You think, uh, it reminds you of uh, Acts chapter 16 with Paul and Silas. Okay? If you go back and you read the story of Paul and Silas, they're wrongfully imprisoned. Okay? You talk about some issues going on. They're wrongfully imprisoned. Not only are they wrongfully imprisoned, but the Bible says they're put in the, the, the inner prison. They're put in the deepest prison. It's dark. They're confined. The Bible says they're shackled and they're chained. But it gets to this point in the story where it says, but at midnight. Now, if you look and you realize what they were doing at midnight, it gives us some insight of what we ought to be doing in our darkest hour. The Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were worshiping God. Why were they worshiping God at midnight. Why does it say midnight? Why does it say they're worshiping God? Because Paul and Silas knew this, that even though they haven't seen the absolute freedom, even though they haven't seen the absolute uh, uh, setting free, they understood this, that the process was already in the works, that a new day had already started, that although it might look dark right now, it might look like I'm shackled and chained right now, I understand that God is literally beginning, are you with me tonight? That God is beginning to bring change in my Life. It's at those, those dark points. Oftentimes, working with people who are, are hooked on drugs, and you begin to work with them, you begin to talk with them, but you can sense that they haven't hit what's called rock bottom yet. Any counselor that you talk to that works with an addict will say this, we just got to let them hit rock bottom. When they hit rock bottom then there's opportunity for change to take place. You and I, when we walk through these seasons, listen to me, if we can somehow understand that, man, it's painful, I know. Man, it's dark, I know. But it's midnight. And then, man, 11.59, listen, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, when, when, in the natural, when you look at the, you know, out there right now, and, you know, 11.59, it's like, well, it's dark. And then at 12, it's still Dark. <laughs> At 12.01, it doesn't seem like there's that much change. But the more time progresses, same thing happens in our life, that we can, we, can, we can experience that pain, and it's like, man, why does it still hurt? My dad died three months ago. Why does it still hurt? Now, obviously, that's an emotional pain, and obviously, there's an attachment there, and obviously, I'm working through that, and the process is okay. But I realize that God is doing something in me. And I'm going to talk about it more as time progresses, but God is doing something in me. I'll shed a little light on it here tonight. Are you following this tonight, though? At your most painful, darkest moment, understand the Holy Spirit, just like Genesis 1, is hovering over it. It's at that moment, if you understand that he said, then God said, let there be light. What's the Holy Spirit do? He's going to bring back to your remembrance all things that Jesus has said to you. Why the Holy Spirit covers our pain. Romans 14, 17 says this, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the comforter. 
The kingdom of God is right living. It's peace with people. And it's joy or it's healing at the end. Holy Spirit covers us. You think about my daughter's owies. There have been a few that have been gross, but for the most part, they're just non-existent. Why a band-aid? Why do we put a bandage on it? Well, you put a bandage on it for, for several reasons. One, you put a bandage on it because you don't want the cut to get infected. So you put a band-aid on it. Well, another reason you put a band-aid on it, because if it's a gross one, you don't want to get your pus on somebody else. Are you with me tonight? I know it sounds nasty. Okay? But you cover that thing. Come on, how many of you guys have ever seen somebody with a wound that you're just like, dear God, cover that thing, please? You know? Okay? You cover it so that healing can take place. Okay? So it doesn't get infected, so you don't infect others, and so that, that healing can take place. The Holy Spirit covers you in your moments of pain, your darkest hour, for the same reasons. The Holy Spirit covers you because He does not want that wound that is in you to get more infected. Let me explain what I mean. For me, this is where I'll let you in a little bit on the, on the process that I'm walking through. For me, when my father passed away, it was sudden, it was unexpected, gone. For me, when every time, and even still today, because I'm walking through this three months later, when I, when I think about my father being gone, it begins to bring pain, but then what that pain does, it begins to remind me of other painful memories. It begins to cause me to think about, maybe not my natural dad, but the Bible talks about how many of us have spiritual fathers. So now my dad is gone, but all of a sudden the pain of that begins to show me that, wow, that, that, that hero I had in my life, that mentor, that father figure I had in my life, they're no longer there either. Whether it's they've passed on or maybe it's they just don't want to be a part of what we're doing here in downtown or, or whatever it is, they're, they're gone, they're removed from my life, and so now the pain of my father dying now brings the pain of me losing other father figures. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? What does that do? That wound, that pain can now draw from other painful memories and begin to cause an infection in my life. That, that's my experience. That's what I'm walking through. What, what about you? Maybe you go through a breakup, okay? And the ice cream isn't cutting it. <laughs> You're on your third gallon. Praise Jesus. Hit the gym, okay? All of a sudden now, that painful thing, and all of a sudden you begin to say, you know what, that's the way all guys are, or that's the way all women are. <laughs> are you with me tonight? And you now, begin to, you now begin to pull from other painful experiences and other painful moments. What's happening? It's, it's causing an infection. It's no longer just about the one issue. But now other things are coming and pulling and it's getting infected. So we cover it. The Holy Spirit comes and covers you so that that does not happen. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to cover you, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to allow Him to secure you, to cover you, so that doesn't begin to happen, so that He can keep you focused on what it is He's working in you now. Covers it so you don't. He covers you so that you don't infect other people. So that you don't get your pus on other people. What, what do I mean by that? It's very clear that when people are hurting, 
they tend to hurt other people. They, did, they tend to project that pain onto others. You ever been around somebody and you're just talking, all of a sudden they snap on you? <laughs> you're like, whoa, intervention time, what's going on, you know? They're going through a painful season and now that painful season is projected on you. Or another thing that happens is this. This is why you need the Holy Spirit because he wants to produce peace in your life, Okay? Another thing that happens is this, is that pain, and you're, uh, you're, maybe it's at someone or towards a situation, and what do you do, man? You begin to walk around, and all of a sudden you begin to talk to somebody about it. Man, that pastor, man, he's such a jerk. You hear, what he, you hear what he said to me the other day? Man, I'm so upset with him. Gosh, he just doesn't understand me. He doesn't get me. You're talking to this other person, and the other person's like, me too. He is a jerk. He's a big, tall jerk. Okay? What's happening? You're beginning to infect each other. Are you with me tonight? Now, I just use it as an example because I don't want to use you as an example because then I would offend you and <laughs> I'd get my pus on you. Man, that will wreck relationships. That will destroy relationships. So the Holy Spirit comes. What does He do? He leads you and guides you in all truth. He, he brings you remembrance all the things that Jesus has talked about. And he says, hey, you're being an idiot. Stop doing that. Go this way. Are you with me tonight? It's not fun when the Holy Spirit calls you an idiot. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be nice, you know. Covers you. Righteousness, he, he creates right in you, creates peace in you. And lastly, righteousness, peace, and joy. He covers you so that you can experience the healing that he has for you. Covers you. So you can experience the healing he has for you. My daughter has taught me something. My daughter has taught me that, man, if I don't, if I don't cover that painful area with the Holy Spirit, that maybe, maybe it won't heal as quickly. Or maybe I'll do like some people do when you don't cover a wound and you begin to pick at it and you begin to expose it over and over and over and over and over again. And as you expose that area over and over and over again because you just keep picking at it, it leaves a scar. Or maybe the Holy Spirit, listen, I believe this with all my heart, the Bible says that when Jesus comes into your life, listen to me, it's not like when the Holy Spirit comes, everything's going to be perfect. But when the Holy Spirit comes, now He can help you walk through those issues, walk through those circumstances, walk. Are you with me tonight? When the Holy Spirit comes, the Bible says that, behold, old things are passed away, all things have become new. The Holy Spirit wants to cover you, whatever you're walking through tonight, whatever that painful issue is, whatever that dark season is, whatever is taking place in your life, the Holy Spirit wants to cover it so that you don't end up just continuing to, to, to pick it over and over and over again and you continue to revisit it and rehash it and rethink it and relive it and re-experience it. All of a sudden, man, the, 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 the thing can get infected. Not only get infected, it ends up leaving a scar. But listen to me, when you allow the Holy Spirit to come and cover you like He wants to cover you, I believe not only will you walk away healed, but you'll walk away without a scar. Yeah. 
because he makes all things brand new. And I believe this so strong that there's some people in here tonight. I don't know why I didn't talk about this this morning, but there are some people in here tonight. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to cover that issue in your life. You have been picking at it. You've been looking at it. You've been staring at it. You've been revisiting it. You've been rehashing it over and over and over again. Now, I'm telling you right now, you need to get the Holy Spirit on that thing and allow him to not only work that thing, but you need to allow him to absolutely remove that thing and make all things new just as if it had never happened in your life. you got to allow Him to come tonight. you got to allow Him to produce righteousness, peace, and joy. So that when you walk out of here tonight, man, He's working right living inside of you. He's producing peace, harmony with other people. But I don't know about you, but I love that last one. I love joy. I want more joy in my life. Man, I want to be living right. Man, I want to be at peace with others. But listen to me. The goal is getting to that place, man, of joy, of freedom. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you that your word brings truth and brings things to life. And so, Holy Ghost, I pray right now. God, that for everyone that's in this place, that you would bring things to light. God, you would bring that light. Just close your eyes for a minute. I hope you're hearing the heart of God tonight. I I hope you're hearing what he's saying to you tonight. I don't know what you're walking through. But listen to me tonight. Pain is not fun. Necessary at times, but not fun. Listen to me tonight. You don't have to medicate your pain anymore. We're starting our new series next week, Carnal Christianity, and we're going to talk more about this, but listen to me. You don't need to medicate your pain anymore. People are trying to medicate their pain away. Oh, maybe they don't go to a doctor and get natural medication, but man, there's people living for the weekend. They drink their pain away. There's people, man, they, 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 they sex their pain away. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. But they don't need temporary, momentary liberation. What they need is they need the Holy Spirit who sets you free. They need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit tonight that sets you free. I don't know what painful moment you're walking through. I don't know what experiences you've been through. But listen to me tonight. If you allow the Holy Spirit to come like that big band-aid on my, my daughter's leg, He will come and He will cover you and He'll produce righteousness in you and He'll produce peace in you and He'll produce joy in your life. It's a process. I know it feels dark right now. I know it feels like no one understands. I know it feels like you're all alone. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life and He is literally saying, man, it's midnight. But yesterday is colliding with today and a new season is starting. A new chapter is starting. Would you allow Him to work it inside of you tonight? Hallelujah.